Okay, um, we're going to learn now the Rebbe's um, uh, interpretation of the story I, I, I mentioned briefly uh, a few days ago about the previous Rebbe's induction into communal service. The Rebbe, first of all, says the story at length, and then uh, tells us the meaning of the story. So here's a, here, here we go. My father-in-law, the Bala Simcha, once related, and if I bring in Yubis Tamos, about Yudbeis Tammuz Tafresh Nun Hei, um, which was the same, was on Thursday as in this year, the year that I said the Fabreng in 1960. This year Yudbeis Tammuz is actually on Tuesday. It was summertime, as Yudbeis Tammuz is always in Tammuz in the summertime. Morning, Dr. Resman. So the previous episode, my father would go together with the rest of the family to Dacha. Dacha means to go to the country. You go, to, you go to a area near Lubavitch for a health resort. Or, um, actually, it doesn't sound like it was a health resort. It was just like a nice country. It's a summer home, isn't it? Yeah, summer home, right. Yeah. right. He would also go to the, the mineral springs in, in, in Marinbad. And, and the way it would work was that every Monday, the Rebbe Rashab would travel to Lubavitch from Dacha, from the summer home, to meet people. And do everything that uh, he wanted to do in the city of Lubavitch. And that's the way it was this year. On the Monday before Yubis Tammuz, which that year Yubis Tammuz was on Thursday, Rabbi Shab also went to Lubavitch. On Wednesday, the 11th of Tammuz, the Rabbi Shab called the Friedrich Rebbe. And he said to him that tomorrow, in early morning, he should go to, to the river, to Toivl, to go to the mikveh in the river. And then they'll travel to Lubavitch without telling him the reason. So the Friedrich Rebbe gets up early in the morning, goes to the river, Davins, and then they travel together to Lubavitch. It was a uh, long trip. So by 8 or 9, they got to Lubavitch. This was, you, got up before, you got up before dawn. And, uh, and by 8 or 9, they would finish this, the long journey and they arrived in Lubavitch. Before they got to the city, the previous Rebbe said to his father that since they're coming suddenly to the city of Lubavitch, that might scare uh, Bubby. Bubby meaning the Friedrich Rebbe's uh, father's mother, the Rebbe Rashab's mother. And she might get frightened because why is he coming all of a sudden? Because maybe they should let her know that, that they're coming in not unexpected time. They should let her know that, that this is not, the, you know, he hasn't usually come at this time. So Rebbe Rashab said she already knows. She already told her she won't, she won't be surprised that we're here because she, she already is expecting us. So even though, in other words, although the previous Rebbe didn't know what this trip was about, but this is already organized, the Rebbe had planned this, and he already told his mother that they're coming. When they got to Lubavitch, the Rebbe Rashab visited his mother, and the Friedrich Rebbe remained in the outer room, meaning the Rebbe Rashab went into his mother privately, and the Rebbe Friedrich Rebbe waited outside. When they came out, the Rebbe Rashab and the, uh, and the Rebbetzin, um uh, Rebbe Rivka um, came out. No, yeah, Rebbe Rivka came out. So the she accompanied her son with a luminous face, and she gave the previous Rebbe very heartfelt brachas. And the Rebbe Rashab told his son that now they're going to go together to the Ohel, the Ohel meaning the resting place of the Rebbe Marash and Semach When they got to the Ohel. 
the Rebbe Rashab opened up the door to the oil. He also opened up the uh, the Aron Kodesh. There was a shul next to the oil. The Rebbe Rashab opened up the 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 ark of the Aron Kodesh, where the Torahs were kept in the synagogue adjacent to the oil. And then he said, "I am bringing you today, my son, for an akeda. You know akeda is right. Like when you heard the word akeda, akeda. Yes." Avram brought Yitzchak to the Akedah to be as a sacrifice. So Rashab told his saintly father and grandfather, I'm bringing my son here for an Akedah. In, in, in the Akedah, there is the one who was the Okade and the Nekad. Avram Avinu, he was the one who was Okade. He was the one who, um, he, Yitzchak asked Avraham, what's Akedah? He means to wrap, to, to tie someone up. So Yitzchak was afraid that I mean, it's, it's level of saintliness that we can't even imagine, but Yitzhak was afraid that when Avram would offer him as a sacrifice, and Avram would slaughter him, Yitzhak was afraid that in the process he might move around and thus invalidate himself to be a sacrifice. Because Yitzhak knew that a sacrifice is only kosher if it has no blemishes. So Yitzhak is thinking, if Avram slaughters me, and I may get frightened, move around. They may, like, let's say, cut my cheek or my ear or my eye or whatever. And then I'm no longer going to be a kosher sacrifice. So the kosher sacrifice has to be a full body. So Yitzhak asked Avram, please tie me up. That way I won't move around. So that's the meaning of Akeda, to be tied up. So Avram tied up Yitzhak so that Yitzhak should not be puzzled um, and not, not be validated. Uh, so in other words, you shouldn't move around and, and get uh, um, hit. So we're, 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 instead of just being slaughtered in his neck, he's afraid he might get hit somewhere else. So too, the Rebbe Rashab said, I want this Akeda, this of the previous Rebbe, to be the way it's supposed to be. The previous Rebbe related, his father was, was tears were pouring out of his father's eyes. And when he burst out crying, the previous Rebbe said, he didn't know either what the Rebbe Rashab was talking about, but he, his Rebbe Rashab, when, the Rebbe started, when his father started crying, he all started crying. He just, he just started, you know, couldn't, just naturally start to, he naturally started to cry. Then the Rebbe Rashab, in front of this, the open arc of the, of the, uh, front of the open arc, the Rebbe Rashab taught a, a uh, passage in Tanya. He taught a passage in Tanya, Igeres um, HaKodesh, a Chagol Beis Masnau, Igaris Hakodesh number uh, number one, and the this passage of Tanya explains uh, part of Song of Songs, where um, the end. I'm sorry, not a Song of Songs, uh, Proverbs, Eishas uh, Chayil, Eishas Chayil, um, King Solomon says she girds her loins with strength. Now this talks about the Eishas Chayil. Interesting, was writ, written by Avram Avinu in memory of Sarah. When Sarah passed away, that's an Avram wrote, it's, it's a eulogy for Sarah. But besides being a eulogy for Sarah, it also has many, as everything in the Torah, has many levels of interpretation. I don't know why it's that. We're reading their eulogy every day. It's a eulogy for, for, for husbands to give their wives. <laughs> it's more. It's more accurately like the Yiddish Yiddish song 
um, only someone who's lost in a mother knows what a Jewish mother is. So in a similar way, only Avram Avinu was able to truly say what a woman of valor is, because you only realize when you lost some someone. But but that's why Avram Avinu did it for our sake, so we don't have to we don't have to wait for that moment. Anyways, so it says she girds her loins with strength, and this is not just about a Jewish woman; it's also about every Jew, because every Jew is called the wife of Hashem. So. The Hebrew Hashab told the previous Rebbe, in the pre- after he taught this passage in Tanya, in he's teaching Tanya in front of the open ark in the in the Ohel, and he says to his son, in front of my holy uh, uh, ancestors, because both the Tzemach Tzedek and the Rebbe Marash's father were buried there, I am making a covenant with you. From now on, I am giving you to you the the communal work. I'm giving over to you the responsibility of the work of the community, both material things and material and spiritual things. Rabbi Hashai wasn't just involved in helping people spiritually, but also helping people physically. I'm giving over to you the responsibility of both communal work, communal efforts for the sake of the Jewish people's f- f- physical needs and their spiritual needs. Then he added and he said the, the, about the teaching that he has given on Chag now, she girds her loins with strength. He said, the beginning of serving Hashem begins from the loins. And after the loins, you can go to the mind, to the intellect, and the emotions. The loins require a, uh, a belt. It says she girds her loins with strength. It means, it means you have to strengthen the loins. And what is the, what is the belt for the loins? The Torah says she girds her loins with, with strength. And what is strength? Strength is sacrifice. And what is mesiras nefesh? And what is sacrifice? Sacrifice means this is the way it is and it can't be any other way. So, in other words, there is in Tanya, what does it say over there about masnayim? Um, it says in Tanya that the loins hold up the entire body. And their body, the spiritual body of the Jew, the heart and the mind of the Jew are, 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 are prayers. And are, are trying, trying to arouse within ourselves, trying to inspire ourselves to love and have revere Hashem. What holds that together is our faith in Hashem, is our, is our, is our faith in Hashem's uh, oneness and there's nothing besides Him, our emunah. That's the loins. There in Tanya, the Alter Rebbe says that it's, it's, it's important to study halacha every single day, always have to study halacha, because halacha is directly. Um, directly relevant towards your faith. It directly feeds your faith. We study halacha, which is the will of Hashem. The will of Hashem and our faith in Hashem are two, the same same um, same place in the soul. The same, same place in the soul which studies halacha is a place which is where faith comes from. For, I, if I'm correctly, the will is beyond logic and reason. So to his faith, I'm not sure that's relevant. But either way, our our faith in Hashem is nourished. By studying halacha, that's why you have to study halacha every single day. But then, it, but then, but the pasuk says she girds her loins with strength, and the Rebbe Hashem says that the word strength doesn't just mean studying halacha. Strength means sacrifice, and what is sacrifice? Sacrifice means this is the way it is. It can't be any other way. Let, let's unpack those words for a second. Sacrifice or mesiras nefesh. Literally means way, way, it's, way it's usually discussed by the Velt, by the world. When they say the word mesiras nefesh, what are they referring to? They're referring to a person who is sacrificing himself, giving giving of himself. 
In a simple sense, it means someone who's dying. Uh, another meaning of a serious nefesh is someone who's giving of himself, not giving himself, not, not dying, but giving of himself. As we were learning yesterday, putting yourself on the side. But Hasidus says, a serious nefesh means this is the way it has to be and it can't be another way. But in other words, it's not that you, do, you, you happen to decide to give of yourself and you're letting go of something that, that belongs to you because you are uh, refined, because you care, because you're magnanimous, because, because it touches you. A serious nefesh is none of those things. That uh, doing something because of the uh, because something feels right isn't Mesiris Nefesh. That just way you happen to feel today and you may feel different tomorrow. Mesiris Nefesh means that you say it, it, this you realize the truth of what you're doing and therefore it, it can't be any other way. It's in, a, in Tanya the Alter says that every single Jew says in chapter chapter twenty five in Tanya Alter says the reason why every Jew is ready to give his life rather than give up his connection to Hashem, rather than bow down to an idol, even though it would seem that when you bow down to an idol, you're separating yourself from Hashem for a moment, and then you could do tshuva and come back. So why not just bow down to an idol? Why is it that Jews have always chosen to die instead? And Alter says because for his soul, separation from Hashem, even for a moment, is something the soul is very sensitive to. It's a connection which is, which is beyond time. And you can't say, oh, just for a moment. It's, it's, it's something which is such a strong bond that such a, it's so, so sensitive to that bond, it, it can't be separate. It, the language is it can't be separate. It's impossible. When, when we are given the challenge of bowing to an idol, every Jew says it says in Tanya, or most Jews says in Tanya, they, they react to that very strongly because they, they can't separate themselves from Hashem. And it says in Hayom Yom, quoting the Alter Rebbe too, the Alter Rebbe says, says, a Jew does not want and cannot sever his bond with Hashem. That's where sacrifice comes from. It's not a, a choice, I'm being magnanimous, I'm deciding. Real sacrifice, a real Mr. Snapfish means that, I, that some, something has touched that part of my soul which feels I can't separate myself from Hashem. It's impossible I, to separate myself from Hashem. So ordinarily, that kind of feeling only comes to the fore when you're given this incredible, uh, uh, horrible decision of giving up your life or giving up your Jewishness, bowing to the idol. But the Alter Rebbe's point in Tanya is that through meditation and contemplation, it's possible to cultivate the same kind of awareness whenever we'll come, whenever we're beset by any kind of challenge. From the very first moment you wake up in the day to the moment you go to sleep at night, there are all kinds of different ways you could do anything that you're doing, all different kinds of challenges. And the amount of how much you give of yourself into whatever of those things um, is, depends upon how you view it. If we were to realize, says the Alter Rebbe, that every Avera separates ourselves from Hashem, and every mitzvah connects us to Hashem, the Alter Rebbe said then we would, give our, we, would be, we would give away our lives rather than speak Lashon Hara. We give away our lives rather than uh, wait another second in Bedouins. As in the Code of Jewish Law, you have to get up like a lion. We wouldn't, we wouldn't, even though getting up in the morning requires you to give up your, uh, to, to give up yourself and to, to, to ignore the, your body's laziness and to, to, and to push yourself. So, so it does require you to give up yourself. But the author says, if you would realize that, that this moment is a moment you can connect with God and your neshama doesn't, can't um, bear to separate from Hashem and certainly the neshama can't bear to lose an opportunity to connect with Hashem. And so if I'm ready to give my life rather than lose 
that bond with Hashem in idol worship, how much more so should I be ready to give or lose my sleep, lose my money, lose my health, rather than lose this bond with Hashem? That, 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 that's what the author says in Tanya, but the, the language is, it's impossible. It, it's not saying that it would be nice. He's saying you should, it, it, the Neshama's awareness should guide us and permeate our daily activities so that, so that it's impossible to do anything any other way. That's what the meaning of Mesir's Nefesh is. Not that I give away magnanimously of myself. Mesir's Nefesh means it can't be any other way. That's what Rebbe Hashab told the previous Rebbe, that girding your loins are with strength. What is strength? Mesir's Nefesh. Mesir's Nefesh means it has to be this way. It can't be any other way. That's, that's the... Um, uh, the Rebbe Rashab's words to the previous Rebbe, and then the previous Rebbe comments and says, that's how I began my work for the community, um, and uh, both material needs of the Jewish people, spiritual needs of the Jewish people, and after this, um, this Akedah that he had with his father, this covenant he had with his father, um, he was put into a position beyond logic and reason. In other words, that, that, that experience placed him in a new... Um, just like we're saying about, about Tanya, that Allah says we should feel that same kind of super-rational attachment to Hashem throughout the day. So that experience, the Friedrich Rebbe, that put him in a zone where he felt this, this, uh, this, this, this connection in a way that his dedication to, to, to his communal activities, whatever it was, was with this super rational devotion with his covenant. That's the story. Now they're asked a question about the story. Everyone follow the story? Okay. The, the question is, why did the Friedrich tell us the story? How he became involved in communal activities? Why do we need to know all these details of how, how, what happened to him? And it, this indicates that in order to know how to serve Hashem and how we have to approach our mission as an emissary of Hashem, we need to know how to prepare for it. Because a preparation for something has to be similar to the way you do something. So if you're doing A, the B with the preparation for A has to be done in a way that's similar to the energy of what A is about. So the conditions for um, whatever you're, you're doing a certain kind of service. So that service, whatever that service is, requires... My son Baruch Hashem just became a lifeguard uh, yesterday. He just passed his test. So, um, in order to become a lifeguard, you have to uh, read all these books about uh, you know water safety and stuff like that, and uh, you have to uh, be able, you have to practice lifting up ten pound uh, objects from the bottom of a pool. So, so that's because you're preparing for doing something similar. So, um, so if we would not know what the Re- previous Rebbe's preparation for his service was we would not know what our service needs to be. In other words, by learning about what, how he was inducted into the service, we can learn what, we, what the service itself, how the service itself needs to be. Because this was how he prepared for it, that tells us that we're part of the mission. We, we have, each of us has is, is a shliach, is, is an emissary of Hashem, and emissary of Moshe Rabbeinu, Emissary of the Moses of every generation. So, we, in order to know what our mission is in every generation, we need to think about how the previous ever prepared for the mission. And once you know how the previous ever prepared for the mission, that will guide you to know what the mission is. So, how did he prepare for the mission? He prepared for the mission with sacrifice. That tells us the way we need to, the content of what we need to do. What's the content? What's the meaning of our service of Hashem? The way we need to work to better the needs of the Jewish community 
both materially and spiritually, as in the words of Rebbe Hashab, we need to spread Judaism, we need to spread Hasidus, and we need to spread Hasidus in a way that reaches to the outside, the outside meaning where, the, where there's no, uh, no place further. But when you don't, if you wouldn't know how the preparation for this is done, you might think that you could be involved in spreading Torah and spreading Yiddish and spreading, and spreading Hasidus, you could do all these nice things, but not the way it's supposed to be. In order to do it the way it's supposed to be, you have to know how to get how to prepare for this service. And by knowing how to prepare for the service, you'll know what way you need to do the service itself. So let's analyze the words that Abraham Abraham said to do the, the job the way it's meant to be. That's the words that Abraham to do it the way it's meant to be. There has to be the preparation. What is the way it's meant to be? He, he uses the words in Hebrew the way it's desired, the way the, the way it's desired to be. There's a difference between the power of desire and the power of intelligence. When you try to understand a Gemara, anything, uh, mathematics, any, any wisdom, so if you miss one detail, you still know something. But if you want something, there's only one of two options. Either you're getting what you want, or you're not getting what you want. Either it's, as Hashem says in the Torah, uh, it's I have pleasure because I have said it and you've done my will. Is either doing the will of Hashem or not doing the will of Hashem. It's possible um, that a person... Okay, it's possible that the will could be satisfied in a more beautiful way and mahajan, minna mahajan, in the most beautiful of beautiful ways. But there, there, the number one thing in order for a will to be satisfied, a desire to be satisfied, is all the details have to be there. In other words, once a detail... You have a desire for something. That desire has many components. The desire is only satisfied when all the components are there. However, it's possible that the components are there in a beautiful way, the way, or not in a beautiful way. But in order for the desire to be satisfied, every every component has to be there. And only when every detail is there, if one detail is missing, it's not that you got part of your desire fulfilled, you didn't get your desire fulfilled at all. Like let's say I wanted to learn a tractate uh, Yuma, and I did every single page except for the last one. How much of my desire is fulfilled? Nothing. If I did all the pages of Yuma, and I did it, I could do it in a mediocre way. You could do it with the Tesis, the Marsha, and that's the, way, that's the best way to do it. That would be Mahajan. That would be beautiful. But I could do it also in a mediocre way. I could do it even, even not doing even Rashi. I would satisfy my desire to the Yuma. If that's why I just wanted to go through the words of the, of, of the Talmud, that would satisfy my desire. That was, that's, 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 that's the desire. Okay. Since... The way a person has to serve Hashem, it's, it, there's, 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 there's some logic there. As the previous Rebbe emphasized, and we had yesterday's Hayom Yom, that whatever, whatever you do has to have an order. There's, there's, there's an order how things have to get done. You have to think about your talents and your capabilities, and you have to think about the capabilities of the person you're talking to. In other words, you're trying to impact someone. You have to think about that person, where they are, what's going on in that person's life, and what, and what they think and how they feel, and you have to figure out how to influence this person. So your mind is important. You know, you're not, in other words, you're not supposed to be a megaphone. It's not about just like sharing Torah and chassidim. Oh, Chabad Chassidim, everybody's asking us to be megaphones. That's not, that's not at all the intent. You, you definitely have to use your mind and think about how to reach someone. You have to use, use, your, use your logic. So why is desire relevant? Their Barashab says, 
the service of spreading Torah has to be according to kefi haratz. It has to be in the desired in the, the desired way. What's the emphasis of the word desire? That means when can you think the right way? You can only think the right way if you're thinking based upon the right desire. And that's the meaning of the Rebbe Hashab putting the Friedrich Rebbe into this covenant and sacrifice and telling him it has to be this way, no, no other way. Um, it doesn't matter what the item, what, which item is needed to get the job done. It doesn't matter if it costs money, does it cost time, if it costs energy, it costs, it costs actual, your, your life itself, as it was by the previous Rebbe, actually had to, Life was put his life on the line, so it doesn't matter what you have to give, as long as you have this 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 thing that's set in your mind, this hanachapshuta, this simple paradigm, which is a given to you that it can't be any other way. Then it doesn't matter what you're going to lose, how you're going to get damaged. What, 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 what it doesn't matter because because you decide, because you've already had this paradigm that's set in your head. It can't be any other way, like Avram Avinu. Chassidus uh, highlights how Avram Avinu's sacrifice was different to Rabbi Akiva's. Rabbi Akiva w- was waiting his whole life to be able to give his life for Hashem. He wanted to give to die. He wanted to give his life for Hashem. Avram Avinu was not interested in dying. Avram Avinu was just interested in spreading the to- spreading Hashem's words, teaching people about Hashem. He didn't look for sacrifice, but he knew he had this mission and didn't bother. If he needed sacrifice, it was sacrifice. It, 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 his, his devotion to his mission was, it can't be any other way. He has to spread Hashem's name. So, if there was the, the time that Nimrod threw him into the fiery furnace, he was ready to go in the fiery furnace. When Hashem told him, take your only son and offer him as a sacrifice, he was ready to do that too. It didn't, it, it didn't stop him. It didn't, it didn't affect him. But it's not that you look for challenges. That wasn't what Avram Avinu did. He wasn't interested in challenges. Rather, he was about sharing and spreading godliness and in a way that it can't be any other way. And that's the way you have to approach this service of spreading Torah and spreading chassidus, and that's the way you could make it to be correct. You have to have that sense of desire that you're, you, 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 you say in yourself, it has to be this way. And when, then your mind will, will, will gravitate to the right, the right approach. You know, it, it, if your mind says it has, if your heart says it has to be this word, your desire—that's right, what we're using. If you're, it's setting your desire, you ha- this mission has to get accomplished. Then instead of your, I think what they're saying is, is that idealism breeds ingenuity. When you are so idealistic that you say this has to be accomplished, it can't not be accomplished. So then instead of you thinking in a mediocre way of, oh, well, this person's capable, of this not capable, of that I can't really talk to them about this. But if you had this sense of, of it can't be any other way, there, there must be a way to share that with this person, Yiddishkeit and Chassidus, that's, your, that's, that's the way you've set out your preparation to, for your outreach, then, you'll, then, then the words will come, the ideas will come. And it's what I have to share today. Um, any questions? Comments? Um, okay. Chazaka Baruch, great day Yonatan, great day David, great day Yitzhak. Zev got off early. He left. He was on before.